Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this is... uh, the peak of the season. So in the mountains of Arizona, pretty much you can hone in that between Mother's Day and Memorial Day, we are at our zenith. I mean, the peak, the, everything's going in the ground. And so all the tomatoes are going in, all the flowers, the fruit trees, the shade trees, the privacy screens, the shrubs, the flower, the roses, they're all going in. And so garden centers are packed full of all of the above. And it's time. So, in fact, this last week, we had a little bit of moisture, which is kind of nice. Had reminiscent of maybe precursors of monsoons to come, which is very exciting. But mainly what happens when there's some moisture, when there's humidity, some cloud cover, it, uh, it, it takes the edge off of those new plantings. This, is, this was the absolute, like, perfect storm. Perfect not storm, perfect planting weather for anything that was going in the yard. Because that new growth that comes out is, is tender. And so it's sensitive to cold. It's sensitive to sun, to too much rain. To, they're sensitive. And so if you can plant it while we don't have a lot of cold, which we didn't this week, of course, that's Mother's Day on. That's why the peak of the season is Mother's Day to Memorial Day. Because it's the, the cold is gone. The humidity was greatly increased. I think I was measuring the 30s in my in my in my gardens. So I've got a, a humidifier reader or whatever. They're in the 30s, low 40s. And so that plants they love that. Typically May is 10%, 8%, no percent humidity. <laughs> so that's hard on plants. Especially when you put a little bit of breeze with that. It's like putting a blow dryer to your plants. Well, this week you didn't have that. And so it was absolutely perfect. Little afternoon rain every once in a while. I can tell you that the, the few rains that we had this week were generally in the afternoon evenings. That's the reason that you're watering early in the morning. You do not want your plants to be wet going into the evening. You want them to be dry. Otherwise, you get mildews and leaf spots. There's all kinds of things that can happen to plants if they're wet a real long time. Kind of like holding your hand in a bucket of ice water for three days. What When you pull your hand out, what's it going to look like? Well, it's going to have some issues. Well, leaves are the same way, only it doesn't take three days. It takes like a few hours. And so you'll start to see this leaf spot, white powder coating the foliage as powdery mildew. We're starting to see a little bit of that right now, but you're watering in the morning for two reasons, mainly to hydrate plants as they go into the heat of the day. They much prefer being hydrated, just like you. You're going out for a hike through the dells or out in the forest. You're going to hike Glassford Hill. You're going to going to walk down the Verde, and you're going to you want to hydrate before you do all that, not after. And so plants are just like people. 
They want to be fully plump, ready to go, take on the heat of the day. So you water typically before eight o'clock in the morning because it starts by nine, 10, it's starting to get hot. And so I've got my systems all programmed to start watering like three, four, five, six o'clock in the morning. They cycle through. I've got like nine valves. And so I just kind of systematically try to get them all done by eight o'clock in the morning. So everything is fully hydrated for the heat of the day. The second reason you don't want to water in the evening, that's what they do down in the Phoenix area, the deserts. The, why would anyone live there? It's so hot at 10 o'clock at night. I mean, come on, come up to God's country. It's much nicer up here. You can sleep at night. There you water at 10 o'clock at night. Up here, you don't do that. We're wanting to water way early so that the plants have time to dry out before they go to bed or before the evening comes because it's going to get cool. That's the insider tip. The one, the other thing that we are noticing, the bugs are out. And so everything's actively growing. Everything is growing. I mean, weeds are growing. The bugs are growing. So the peonies have bloomed. The pinstaments are out. I mean, everything is growing and looking good or bad depending on if the bugs are out there, they kind of, they're eating. So, so plant samples are coming into the garden center right now with the two main problems. The leaves look like they've been wind whipped. They look like they're burned. They look like they're curling, like they're damaged, like they're, they're not able to grow. They're deformed. Those are all bug problems. There's one little bug. Actually, there's two. One you can't see, one you can. And so early spring, because this has been such a cool, long spring, it's been colder than normal. Uh, that's the perfect storm for bugs, a certain one. So thrip, T-H-R-I-P, thrip, are also called noceums. They can bite your skin sometimes. They'll leave a little welt. They can kind of bite you and you kind of feel it. Well, so do your plants. And when they do, the, the leaves start to curl and wince. They kind of, they just get deformed. That is a bug. You can't see them because their other name is called noceums. And so, but thrip are causing that damage and they are loving the taste of pitted fruits. They're loving the taste of apples and pears. They're loving the taste of maples. Uh, what else? We're seeing them on all kinds of stuff. The other one that you can see, there's a little black critter. He's called a tree aphid. He's getting on to, or she, or they, Actually, I think aphids are unisex. They can give birth, live birth. They don't lay eggs. They give live birth to young. And that's why they can go from just a few to they cover the whole plant in like a week. They just produce so quickly. Aphids. Aphids are on to roses, trees, shrubs. You should be checking if the leaves are deformed or crinkled in any way. It's almost guaranteed that it's either thrip or aphids or both. I've seen samples of both bugs on the same plant. So I wanna give you a quick lesson on how do you deal with bugs as we start the bug season. So we're starting and it's only gonna get more. The, the bugs get bigger as it gets warmer. So the grasshoppers hatched. Well, they're cute little right now, but they're gonna get humongous uh, as we get warmer. There's two main bug killers. There's organic and synthetic. So organic fertilizer, or fertilizer, organic bug control, insecticides. The main one's called neem oil, or triple action is how we have it. It's from Fertilome. So triple action is, a, is a, it's all organic, and it's always my first line of defense whenever going after bugs, especially edible things. 
I would say anytime. I just like using organics because it's safe for me, much less the, the, the ladybugs and birds and your dogs. It's just better, but highly effective against the smaller insects, especially thripanathids. Highly, highly effective. So I always start with that. And there's a, another uh, a benefit to uh, triple action, which is the label's name. The product inside of it is neem, N-E-E-M, neem oil. But the, the, the product name, you're, you're researching it as triple action. Um, there's a benefit to this in that it also affects powdery mildew, which is a, it's a, we're starting to see this white coating onto roses, especially the buds, onto red leaf photinia. So it's just kind of this white mildew is getting on there. It coats that spore so it can't let it spread. So there's multiple benefits. I always start here first, no matter what, triple action. As the bugs get bigger or the or you let it go, and now you've got an infestation, I move up to synthetic fertilizers or man-made. Usually these are, uh, these are, well, they're not organic. So we sell one that's called in and out broadleaf insecticide. So it's in and out insecticide. It is a man-made of a organic, it's as safe as you can get and still be and still be synthetic, basically. So stay away from malathion and all these heavy, toxic stuff. I mean, come on, they stink up the whole neighborhood. You know there's something wrong with that. You don't, they're too strong. I think there's there's different strengths. This in indoor-outdoor is safer, but kills a much broader range of insects, including the big things like caterpillars and grasshoppers and blister beetles, the things that are really hard. Organics aren't very good at killing those things, but now you can go to a synthetic. So you basically have organic or synthetics. Both are kind of needed in the yard. I always have these, both of these are on my garden shelf throughout the year. I start with the organic and then I finish up with when it's just not going away, I'm pulling out the big gun. Sometimes you got to go all marine, just kind of land and take care of the issue right now. And so the in and out insecticide does it. And that's how you take care of bugs. Got more in store for you. We got Lisa Waterslane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Indian hawthorn, purple robe locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe watching butterflies and hummingbirds is better than watching TV at Waters Garden Center. You can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. 
And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions, just what her neighbors talking about. And uh, they've been talking. We had a record weekend, Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. Just kind of set all kinds of blew past all kinds of 61 years, blew past all those. <laughs> so people were energetic. I think part of that's compressed. Season it was cold so long people waited and normally they would have planted two three weeks earlier but they didn't they planted now and so we had it compressed so I would agree I'll take it either way either way we'll ask. take it it's nice to see people out gardening working in their yards that's exciting I actually like spring because you get to see all your garden friends coming back you haven't seen them because it's like snowing and and it's just cold outside now it's uh everyone's out yep. it's kind of get to see that that community of gardeners is very mm -hmm. tight-knit right. fun to see everyone very much so yes so gardening questions <laughs> what are we talking about my well, love sure so ashley's in prescott she has some roses that have lots of wonderful buds but those buds are not opening and they yeah. look kind of brown on yeah. the roses. She Dang wants it. to know, by golly, what happened? How do I fix it? <laughs> yeah. Make it better. So I mentioned that the previous segment, but uh, basically it was, that was on trees, but they're on thrip get into roses as well. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is where that rose bud comes out, there's a little tiny bug that crawls inside the bud and it starts a nest. There's more than one. It's like a whole community <laughs> of, of thrip. Or, or no seums are inside the bud. If you were to actually break open that bud, you'd see bugs kind of jumping around inside the bud. They're eating the flower from the inside out. And that's why I tell folks, um, you should put rose food with systemic on your roses earlier. So it's like, like April and, and, and March even. Put it on so the plant will actually absorb this food and with the bug inhibitor, inside the actual rosebud and so that's what you it's too late now because they're already in the bud so what do you do pray over your roses that's all you can do there's no way to get them once they're inside the bud we can spray them so i would say spray right now no question with triple action it's a neem oil it actually uh, will, will take care of any bugs that are exposed onto the the plant itself so at least you don't have more damage it's hard to get it inside the bud. Focus inside the buds as on the buds as best you can. It does have a fragrance to it. It's got a, a, an odor that insects don't like. So you get a repelling action that'll help keep off the the aphids, the thrip that are coming that, that will keep coming, uh, and then fertilize with the rose who was systemic. Do it do it now. So it's, it's better to do it late than never. Uh, and then some of those buds won't open. Most, I think, will. And as it opens, that that damaged or that brown or black petals, they kind of float to the outside, and the inside will be beautiful. And so I think it's it's you're going to recover, Ashley. You'll be fine. But now you know for next year, prune back in March, and then right afterwards, fertilize with the rose food with systemic. And really, you're only doing that early spring because mm -hmm. this is when this bug shows up. It doesn't, they don't like summer. Right. They like spring. They like the cool, long days. This is when they thrive. Mm -hmm. It'll also help you with aphids. Watch out for aphids. They're starting to show up <laughs> now right as well. The <laughs> I've seen uh, uh, mildew showing up too. Yeah. So powdery mildews on, on just the leading indicators. I think the cooler nights and the humidity have yeah. started that a little early too. 
triple action, Ashley. Come in and get some right away. It'll help you with all three of those, aphids, thrip, and mildew. Yep. Okay. Next question is from Deb in Prescott Valley. She says, my neighbor has a large tree covered in purple blossoms that hang down. What yeah. is that tree? It's yeah, so Deb. Pretty. Great. So everyone's commenting on them. So they opened up last week. They always open up for Mother's Day. If you want a beautiful shade tree for for years and years, for decades of, of Mother's Days to come, you plant purple robe locusts. That's what that that tree is. So there, there's a big tree out there at all elevations. They've probably been blooming longer over in the Verde Valley, mm -hmm. that that uh, that side of the hill, the Sedonas, Camp Verdes, those areas, that's purple robe locusts. And over here, this side of the hill, a little bit higher elevation, they just opened a few days ago. And so those are, it's got a wisteria kind of flower that hangs down about a foot, eight inches or so. And the, the tree is just covered. And it will bloom like that for darn close to a month. Mm -hmm. And then it's just this beautiful shade tree up to about 35 feet tall, about 20 feet wide. And then locusts, anytime you hear the word locusts, locust is a great tree for here. So they generally have smaller leaves. So they take our wind, they don't dry it as easily. Uh, there's another one that's a companion to that. That's a, a cousin called golden locust or honey locust. You're seeing this bright, bright yellow tree right now. That's mm -hmm. golden locust uh, that, that, that they go together. So they take the wind, they're draw hardy. Now the golden locust doesn't bloom so much, but the foliage is so stunning that you just go, wow. And it looks really good against the, the native blues, dark greens, mm -hmm. companion planted with aspens, just as a good contrasting plant. Then as we mature, that plant will actually turn green. So it's green through the summer, but the new growth is always gold. For the purple robe locust, it always puts on the flower first, then it then it leaves. And so you see this dramatic, like it's it's noticeable. When you see it in bloom, you're going, wow, I got I got to have me one of them. And it's pretty fast growing for a locust, right? Oh, the very fast. Robe, yeah. yeah, very fast. All right. We covered that. I did. I was waiting for you to comment on the <laughs> accent I use. I got oh, out of my box going, sorry. I don't even know where that came from. I'm so used to hearing you do that. I don't know, sir. <laughs> Never mind. I'll, Let it go. I'll just start offending people. Yes. Stick with my Irish accent. No. Matey. <laughs> Maybe? Yeah, I know. I'm not even going to go there. All right. Jack from Prescott says, you mentioned using different products for great tomatoes, but I didn't write down what you mentioned. And uh, Can you cover that again, please? Jack, you got to take better notes. <laughs> This is super easy. And there's a YouTube on that. I just, just shot one on our wow. YouTube channel. You go, go take a look or type in tomatoes in our website, watersgardencenter.com. There's a search bar, type in tomatoes, probably the handout and the video will show up. So we try to, that's a repository of all garden content that we produce here. So Jack, it's an easy way to go back and take a look. So for those of you that are driving down the road right now, if you're note takers, pull over. Pull out the notebook, take notes. Otherwise, just go to the website, watersgardencenter.com. Type in tomato, it'll pop right up for you. But here's what it was. So whenever I am planting tomatoes, just planted one yesterday morning, there are three things I do. One, plant it deep. And then at the bottom of that tomato, where the roots are going to grow through it, sprinkle a little bit of 
Aqua Boost Crystals. And I wish I had that, I could show that on, for our video folks tuned in. But for the audio folks, visualize for me. Uh, Aqua Boost are, are polymer crystals that swell up and hold up 200 times their weight in water. This is going to help reduce that cracking skin, thick skins, tough tomatoes, because that's usually a, 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 um, it's a, it's a water issue between cool, you're watering the morning. So things are nice and plump and they dry out during the day. And this, this, this fruit just ebbs and flows. It swells and shrinks. And that's what causes that cracking. So Aqua Boost actually bridges or makes it more consistent with its watering so you don't have that happen it's a game changer every time i plant a vegetable a, a flower anything really i'm sprinkling some aqua boost at the bottom where the roots are in addition i mentioned two products that i'm that i'm spritzing the vegetable garden with us specifically tomatoes and peppers are the most famous but tomato set tomato and pepper set is what it's called here uh, you're, when the plant is up to size and starting to set flowers, spritz it. Start every other week, spritz that plant with um, basically fruit set or tomato pepper set. It'll force the plant to slow down and start to set more fruit. In addition, we're famous for blossom and rot here. So that where that flower touches the fruit, it will actually rot off. And so that's a almost a classic example of calcium deficiency. So there you're spritzing, again, another kind of ready to use spray. You're spritzing the plant with um, yield booster. Yeah. Yield, I'm trying to go, <laughs> what, going, is what is it? What is it? Yeah, yield booster. So yield booster, blossom set, those two things once a week, just change them off and you will have unbelievable fruit count. The larger fruits, sweeter tasting because calcium brings out the flavor of your vegetables. That's aqua boost, yield booster, and pepper, uh, tomato and pepper set. There you go, Jack, you got it all. Again, check the website. We were out of time, like 10, 10 seconds ago. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, AKA the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden. Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries, naturally grown for local success. Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now. You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe bees and monarchs are in danger and we can save them at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So 
Your roses, I'd say your lilacs, your butterfly bush, but roses specifically. I've had several customers coming in. You know, my neighbor's roses are all in bloom. Mine aren't. What's going on? They bloomed so much better last year, but they aren't this year. What's going on? Here's here's the insider tip on roses. And so your roses, so they they bloomed this last week. Yours should be either blooming or heavily, heavily budded. And if not, you have an issue, a problem. Something's wrong. And so probably it's either a pruning issue, an age issue, or a nutrient issue. And so roses typically look fantastic for about 10 years. Maybe 7, 10, somewhere in there. And then they finally start to age out. They get real thick canes. They just, they lose their vitality. And that's the reason we're always pruning back roses so heavily is so that we always have active new canes coming up. But after a while, they start to lose that energy. And so I think we keep roses in the ground too long. I think we need to add or replace or remodel our rose gardens every, at least every 10 years. And so that will keep, so you've always got a youngster that's just vibrant, they're active, you know, those teenagers, man, their hormones are going crazy. They just look so good. I mean, they can dress terribly and they still are beautiful. Well, that's a, that's a young rose for you. An older rose, they might have some majesty, some, some, some longevity, some memory, but they're not going to bloom as well. Uh, the other one could be, we just pruned them wrong. We didn't prune them back. So we just let them grow. So March is typically our month to prune back roses. So it's a little different here because of the elevation. We're keeping the structure of the rose intact through the cold of winter, and then we prune them back heavily, which exposes the, the graft, helps new canes to come up, encourages new growth, and the best flowers come off the new canes. That's the most beautiful, bigger, most fragrant flowers come off the brand new bright green uh, uh, canes. The older canes are thorny and thick and dark, and they look like they want to rip your face off. Those don't bloom as well. So we're trying to prune those back. So pruning could be something. If you haven't pruned back, I say it's too late now. Encourage new growth with whatever you have. The last one comes down to nutrients. To form that great, big, long-stemmed rose of a hybrid tea or that cluster, that fire burst of flowers on a, on a flora bunda or a grandiflora, or to encourage lots of new growth on a vining type of, of rose, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of food. And if they're starved, they will give up their flowers in order to encourage more leaf growth. So they can, maybe they can compensate with photosynthesis. So, so you need to actually fertilize flowers things that bloom, especially roses, more often than you would other parts of the country. What do you do? So for me, I, I pruned back my roses and I fertilized them back in March. I'm about to do it again. And what I'm fertilizing the first couple of times is a rose food with systemic. The systemic piece keeps the thrip and the aphids of early spring out of my roses. If you even, if you, if you hope to have a nice, clean, big rose that's not damaged, you got to give it some systemic early on. Now, it's not organic. It's got to, it's got to, the systemic part, it, it absorbs this bug control up through the roots and through the structure and taints the flower so the bugs don't want to get into it. If you don't do that, you're going to have, 
you're going to lose some flowers because the thrip will get inside that bud, eat it from the inside out. It causes issues. The rose food with systemic insecticide, the, the bug control, uh, it, that actually allows it to encourage new growth, new canes, encourage bigger flowers that are that are inoculated to insects. As I get into the summer season, I'll switch over to the all-purpose plant food. That's a 744 all-organic. It's the main ingredients, cottonseed meal. But that, at first, the first couple feedings, March and typically June, I'm going to hit it with rose food with systemic. This is going to supercharge uh, those roses so they'll want to bloom much bigger more often. So that's kind of the insider tip. Here's the here's the uh, true pulling back the curtains and really letting you see what's really how to really make them bloom. In addition, so so my name's Ken. We're just friends. We're we're, we're neighbors talking over the back fence. This is what I'm doing, and I think it's going to work for you too. In addition to the rose food with systemic, I'm also giving my blooming things super phosphate. So it's a double. So I'm doing them at the same time. Superphosphate is 0, 18, 0. That middle number is what forms flowers. If you want more fruit, more flowers, give them phosphorus. Phosphate, superphosphate, 0, 18, 0, all phosphorus. And I just chuck a little bit of hand, a handful around each of my plants. I've done my rows of Sharon's. I've done my lilacs. I've done my roses. Of course, the uh, autumn sage, anything that's forming a flower, I give it superphosphate. Yeah, every eh, couple months or so. And people try to make this so complicated. Just get it on the plant. It really makes things bloom better. If you want bigger tomatoes, more roses, bigger, just whatever is in flower, superphosphate. You do those two things, it's going to be a game changer for your blooming things. And that's how you kind of get the, the insider tips to getting your roses blooming even more this year. It's not quite in bloom. It's not too late. Give it to them now and it will make a difference in very short order. Got more in store for you. Be right back right after this. It's a good choice. So you got hybrid tea, floribunda, grandiflora, shrub roses, carpet roses, climbing roses, and then Lady Banks roses. And that's in a nutshell. You can, I have a thousand roses sitting here in the garden center right now. They're going to come into those five or six categories. That's how you shop for roses in your yard. Be right back right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning, ever. Every backyard should have at least one and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. We believe watching butterflies and hummingbirds is better than watching TV at Waters Garden Center. 300,000? Imagine a landscape meaning 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. 
You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And back in the studio, Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week and we just give a segment just to her. Just kind of, what are you seeing in your gardens? And your gardens are pretty spectacular. You you are not allowed to have any more containers at the house. That is it. The irrigation will not handle all of your plants. No more. So when you put one in, take one out. Well, I can tell you. Bring one more home. <laughs> no, you can replace one, but you can't have no more pots. You can have something in a pot, but the irrigation only in your patio is just solid pots. She's got over 50 containers out there, folks, and she wants more. So, oh, to be a garden center goddess. <laughs> But there's one plant I really, 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 really want. I may have an open plant. There's the kale. I'm replacing the ornamental kale with stuff. So we might be able to free time to transition. Black-eyed Susan vines that came in. Oh, those are neat. So there's a real pretty one this year that has a white and pink. Usually they're orange and like a dark orange. This one's white with pink flowers too. So Okay. I'll bring it home. Bring it, and then, <laughs> but it's got to go in a pot to replace okay, something else. Okay, we'll get rid of the kale. I'm stressed out. Who needs that healthy stuff? And we'll put a pretty plant in. <laughs> All right, so what do you got okay. for us this week? You're, you're inspiring so, gardeners that are tuned in, yes. and they want to garden how? So many people who are out there wanting to garden are also gardening to attract birds and butterflies oh, into yeah. their yard. And the most famous one they want to attract are the hummingbirds. I would say uh, the swallowtails. You think so? Or the monarchs. You know, butterflies? You yeah. Like birds? Oh, birds. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm a man. I, I tuned out. I wasn't listening. <laughs> anyway, so I thought I would talk about some perennial flowers that you could put out in your yard that will definitely attract those hummingbirds nice. and the butterflies. So the hummingbirds are, they're looking for tubular flowers because yeah. they... And they also eat a lot. So the great thing about having um, hummingbirds in your yard is they eat insects as well as the nectar. That's true. So they need both. They need that protein and that carbohydrate, that sugar, keep going. So they'll help with the insects. Plus, they're just kind of fun to watch. So things that are tubular that they like. And for you, just in radio land, I have show and tell. So you just have to imagine. (laughs) So this is a great plant for here. This is a um, break light yucca. So it's a yucca, so it's very drought hardy, not going to take a lot of water, loves the sun, put it in a hot, hot spot, and it'll be happy. It sends up this bright red stalk of flowers that have, the flowers have like little tubules yeah. in them. So hummingbirds actually love them. So this is an easy grow plant to throw out there. You don't have to think too much about. Um, not a lot of maintenance, not a lot of water, but the hummingbirds love it. Put it out there for you folks on ridge lines. Mm-hmm. The more wind, the better. <laughs> the more sun, the better. The more rocky, terrible soil, the better. Mm-hmm. Don't put it on drip irrigation. Water by hand. That's what yucca does. It's like yeah. agaves are the same way. Cacti. They, mm-hmm. These are all, they're all companion right. plants. And this doesn't do it justice. It's a little one in the studio, but yeah. This will turn into a three by three by three. Well, this brake light's dwarfed. Call it knee high by knee high. (laughs) And then it just has multiple stalks. It'll have three, four, five, six flower stalks. It blooms all summer. Oh, yeah. Literally bloom all summer up until fall. So a good one for hummingbirds. 
another one that most people know about, but it's a good reminder. So this is the salvia. Autumn sage is the other name for it. Another great drought hardy plant you can put in a hot spot. Um, it actually does quite well in a shadier spot too, yeah. I have discovered. So very versatile plant. Uh, there again, you got the little tube flowers. They just love it. Look how bright red that is yeah. on camera. That's crazy. It really it's almost glowing in the dark. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it'll do the same thing in your gardens. Right. And it also comes in purple. It comes in uh, like a peach salmon color, a white color. And it's not like you just have to have red. I mean, yeah. the hummingbirds aren't going to care. Yeah. Uh, the red's pretty for us, but they'll go to red, they'll go to pink, they'll go to white, purple, you pick it. They, they like, like the taste more right. than the color and the shape of the flower, mm -hmm. but they're all going to be knee high, cover, they bloom from now through autumn, thus the name autumn sage, you actually get more beautiful as they grow mm -hmm. and fill in. So autumn, yeah, this is like yeah. a number one seller at the garden center for attracting butterflies and hummingbirds, both. Yeah. Definitely. So great one. Another one is uh, the Pinstamen, also known as Beard's Tongue. Uh, but you can just, this one's a pink, I forget the name of it. Pink Let white. me help you. It is uh, Harlequin Pink. Harlequin Pink. It's a Pinstamen. really bright pink with white centers. Beautiful. I love the Pinstamens. Uh, just a great little flower for here. There again, it come in a multitude of colors. Uh, kind of a multitude of varieties. Pinstamen is a big family of flowers. Yeah. So, but great ones for those hummingbirds. And native. This mm -hmm. grows wild. You're seeing a red, a white. There's a pink that just grows wild mm -hmm. on the forest. You see a tall kind of kind of a, a perennial wildflower that uh, that that's growing. And and the the hummingbirds will actually bicker and fight over this. They're going, no, it's mine. No, it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> they're kind of like they're kind of like seagulls, only in, in miniature <laughs> form. Mine, mine, nice. mine. Yeah. So, and, and those folks that are tuned in on the, on the video piece, the YouTube channels, there's no filter on this camera. Right. This is the natural color. It's actually glowing on film that just looks, it's so bright and so colorful. That's how hummingbirds see it as well. Mm -hmm. Tinstamen. Yep. So hummingbirds like those tubular flowers. Butterflies, they kind of like landing pads. So they like flowers that have more of a surface that they can land on and suck the nectar out that way. Uh, so yarrow is a great one. So I brought this yarrow. This is, I think, desert seed, red something, red yep. desert seed. Um, there you go. Great drought hardy plant. Loves the sun. Put it in a spot where it's nice and hot. and It'll kind of continue yeah. to bloom all season long. This one's a real pretty red one, but it also comes in yellow, moonshine yellow. Uh, there's a terracotta color. So they're getting a few different colors in there. It doesn't matter the color. It's the plant itself that they like. So this is a really good one to put in as well. I put a native yellow in our backyard. And mm -hmm. this takes, again, surprising little, it doesn't get full sun. Right. It maybe gets four hours and it blooms a crazy long time in our personal gardens, but it will go full on in, in, in the wild. It's right out there in the full bright from morning till evening, bright, hot sun. Mm -hmm. It's got this real thick uh, kind of, kind of thick foliage that protects it. And so just, you're going to have butterflies yeah. if you've got yarrow. And it's pretty animal resistant as well. Especially the yellows and the whites. Uh, yeah. Sometimes a deer can, you know, the, on the pep paprika mm -hmm. colors, but yeah, they're, they're tough. Okay. So that's a good one. The scabiosa, which is an absolutely horrible name, 
Um, the other name is pinflower, pincushion flower. Pincushion's better. So this one usually comes in pinks and uh, lavenders. I've seen it occasionally in white. No, it's pretty in white. I like the pinks and the lavenders. Um, has a beautiful little flat flower that sticks up above the foliage. So the foliage is low down and then the flowers stick up probably what, eight, 12 inches above that foliage. Yeah, easily. Um, and just a beautiful little plant to put out there in your perennial beds, your yards, it does very nicely Looks here. like a pin cushion. I mean, literally <laughs> that's, that's the name. name. That's looks like a pin cushion. Mm -hmm. You have a bunch of those, you seamstress out there, but butterflies look at it and go, just yummy. Delightful. Yeah, they just hang out and rest and meet. And they'll just rest on the pads, mm -hmm. enjoy each other. Definitely. So we're almost out of time, but I'll show you one more. Of course, we have to show this one. So this is a butterfly plant. So this one's purple, but they come in there again. A multitude of colors and a multitude of sizes. You can yeah. get some that go six to eight feet, some that go four to five feet, and some that are two feet. So some of the pugsters are nice. Buzz Hot Rhapsody Butterfly Bush. So that's about a four buddy, foot, yeah. four yeah, by four high. one. Um, beautiful bright flowers on them, blooms all summer long. I mean, you're just kind of deadheading and making them pretty. And you We're out of time, time, baby. You got more yeah. here. So lots well, of butterfly plants. We've got a list. Mm -hmm. If you want to take a look at that, go to watersgardencenter.com. Tap the learn button and there's a butterfly, learn at the very top. There's a butterfly and hummingbird plant list right there with these and more. Yep. Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandma would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Pink Perfume Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. New pink blooms fill the landscape with fragrance of grandma over and over again in the garden. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, all for under $25. Lilacs like grandma used to grow, and better. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe plants make you happier and that local nurseries rock. At Waters Garden Center, you can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So as we start to head outdoors and spend more time, like we're eating dinner on the back deck, we were enjoying, I took a nap on the back patio. I'm out, I'm reading the newspaper in the front, front uh, courtyard. As we are outside, I think we start to realize I'm not as, uh, I'm more exposed than I thought I was. The neighbors are out there doing their laundry or sipping coffee, looking through their bay windows at me, napping on the back patio, in the hot tub, 
the, I've been hearing quite a few folks bought a new RV or have a trash pile their neighbor piled up against theirs where they get to see it. Uh, privacy. Privacy becomes a more desired as we're outdoors more. And so I thought I'd spend a moment on, on how to plant a, a thicker, better, more private screen. So the least expensive way to block things is with plants. And you can do a fence, yeah, that's the most expensive. Block walls, panels. Uh, so some of your HOAs won't even allow you to do that, but you need to do it with plants. And so uh, evergreens are, are what people think of. They're thinking green wall mainly, but I would say with a natural garden, we mainly have more informal designs here. We've got, we're trying to blend our landscape into the forest and make it look more natural, like our house is plopped in the middle of this forest. So there, if you just plant a row of, let's say, uh, red tip botania, number one seller, this is a great big shrub, gets 10 by 10 by 10, if not bigger, solid, thick, waxy leafed, uh, type of, of hedge. We, we, we hedge them every once in a while, make them into walls, but that's a formal garden. You have one great big wall. That's like, like you look over that going, what is, what are they trying to hide? What's going on over there? Oh my gosh, it's got to be offensive. So a more natural way is to blend plants together, to have some, let's say a pine tree and some red tip botinias and, and maybe even an aspen in there that's deciduous. So I want it private while I'm in the backyard, but when it's, when it's cold out, I don't care as much. I just want to see nice white bark out there in the structure of an aspen or a maple. You can blend the two together. And so your fastest growing of all plants are going to be the deciduous shade type trees. They grow three, four, five feet a year. If you look at a, a maple or a sycamore or cottonwood or willow, these things grow fast. Uh, an evergreen never dreamed of growing that fast. So junipers are much more methodical and they're, they're much more natural. They blend in with, of course, we're, we're surrounded by natural pine and juniper forests. And so you want to probably introduce some of those so it looks more natural. And so I try to take, I tell folks, where's the most, how long is the run that we're trying to block? So is it five feet, 10 feet, a hundred feet, the entire property line? Or is it just a strategic thing? So I'll try to I'll try to put a great big evergreen, a big spruce, a large pine tree, a deodore cedar, a Arizona cypress is number one selling of all of the privacy screens. Arizona cypress, it sort of has a juniper look, but it gets bigger. So it goes 25 by 12 foot wide, nice kind of silver blue color to it, very fast grower, and it's thick. You're not going to see it. We use it out in the valley areas to block wind, to hide some, some of that uh, vistas that maybe your neighbor's not as clean as you are. I don't really want to see their corral uh, and the cowboys wrestling, whatever over there. I, I want to see, my, I want to feel more private. And so there we use Arizona Cypress. It grows at all elevations from the Cottonwood Sedona all the way up to the highest elevations of Groom Creek, Highland Pines, Williams, Ash Fork. It'll take the wind, the sun. It's it's number one seller for, for the bigger types of tree type of, 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 of evergreens. Um, I'll take a big one of those and plop it right where the most egregious sightline is. So if you're trying to make your landscape dollars spread out, put your money into at least one big one, 
established. Don't wait for it to grow. I want it eight, 10 feet right now in the ground. I can wait for the other ones to grow up later. So I'll, I'll, I'll plant smaller ones where it's not as important and I'll plant the big one, uh, one or two where I just want to, I want it blocked right now. I'm not waiting. That's a way to stretch out your landscape dollars. We have an entire privacy screen area. It's mainly the upright evergreens. So there's upright evergreens. This is mainly, they've got a central trunk. They're Hollywood junipers. They're um, Spartan junipers. They're Arizona cypress. They're pine trees like Austrian pine, the fastest growing of all the pine trees. There's Diodorus cedars, the fastest growing of all the cedars. Uh, there, there's, uh, there's all Italian cypress. A lot of folks know that from California down the valley. It grows up here too. And so those are upright evergreens. And then we have evergreen shrubs. These are Eleagnus or silverberry, red tip botinia, cotoniasis, euonymus. There's a whole series of them that are shrubs. They're, they're multi-stemmed, big, and we hedge them often close to the wall or close to the property line, close to, we'll kind of make them a more formal like living wall living uh, fence. So those are the two main ones. But I say strategically put some deciduous plants. These are plants that lose their leaves in the winter, mainly because they grow so fast, especially if you need to get tall quick. Let's say you're on a second story deck and you want to screen out that neighbor you're looking down on, you want it bigger now, well, it could take five, seven, 10 years before a pine tree or a juniper gets that big. But a maple might do it in two or three. Or maybe if you can get them so big, you can get them like right now. And so I'll plop one of those in because they grow so fast. And I, you can strategically blend the things together. And this is what we do at the garden center all day long is, you know, take a picture, uh, so we can see what the vista is that you want to block. See that neighbor, that shed, that huge class A RV they're so proud of, but you really don't want to see for the, you know, the the every week of the year, except for the two that they use it. So let's, let's block that thing out. What I can't tell the picture is how long is it? So take a quick measure, walk it off. Doesn't have to be exact. Let me know, is it 20 feet, 50 feet, 60 feet, 100 feet? So I know strategically how many plants are we going to need to plop in there? The other one is, uh, think in terms of zigzag or, or triangular shapes. So don't think of a wall, a line. Many times we'll, we'll plop uh, a line of plants and it looks like they're, they're soldiers marching across the yard. That's not a, that doesn't look as natural. It's better to put them strategically off-center them. So think, think a back row, front row, and, and plant in between the back row. And the, so, so think in terms of zigzag or zipper-like. It'll look way better for you. It'll look more natural, and it will fill in faster. The other one is, how many plants do I need? So as I'm trying to strategize with a client, or a gardener, they want to, they want to block, so they want to highlight a, a, a vista. Let's say they're looking at Granite Mountain here in Prescott, but they want to block out the other stuff. So I'll try to think of picture frames and how do I block that and highlight this, draw the eye over here. As you're trying to block the other ones, as I'm designing that, you'll look at the width. You want to know how many. I want a wall of, of, of Wichita blue junipers, this fantastic silver looking thick juniper. How many do I need? Take whatever plant you're looking at. 
and it says it grows, let's say it's a uh, uh, red clusterberry ketoniaster. It's a 10 by 10 by 10. It gets 10 foot wide. If you want it to be an overlapping pattern above head height, take that whatever width it is and divide it by two, and that will be your planting pattern. So if it says 10 feet wide, plant them at five foot centers, and this thing will overlap well up into the height, you know, well above head height and give you a solid wall of green. So it's a real quick math thing that can help you go, how many do I need? I just don't know. Well, if it says it gets 12 feet, go with, with six feet. You're doing Arizona Cypress. If it's a smaller thing, it only gets, let's say you're doing Italian Cypress, they only get six feet. You want to plant them every three feet. That's real quick math, how many. And then if you need help, this can get complicated. Come talk to an expert. This is where you, you rely on your garden centers and the expertise. This is what the team does all day long here at the garden center. Ask for help. All right, we got more right after this. That's how you plant a secret garden in your backyard. But we'll, we got to cover a couple bills here with some uh, ads. Be right back right after this. A cape or like I'm thinking NASCAR jumpsuit. Oh, logos all over goodness. it. Goodness. And dancing with <laughs> my sponsor. Just kind of represent that. That Just sounds fantastic. Alex Heineman. Boys and Girls Club, thanks for being here, Alex. Thank you, Ken. Uh, I appreciate uh, it. Dancing for the Stars, dancingforthestars.net. Be right back after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The eight inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of two feet in one year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe searching Waters plants is better than a Google search at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Gold Star Potentia. A rising star in the landscape, bathed in flowers as gold as an Arizona sunset. Growing to only knee-high and wide, this shrub loves growing in our sun and uniquely resistant to heat, wind, water, fire, and deer, all wrapped up in a showy little package and under 30 bucks. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love gold stars wrapped in tidy little packages, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I have been on the speaking circuit for, well, it's all spring. This week you kind of peaked. Like everyone wants you to speak right at Mother's Day. It'd be better to... To, to, to share garden tips a month earlier so you had time to plan, but it's just, it is what it is. A big shout out to Hidden Valley Ranch. You gals were uh, a hoot. It was fun. The gals get together at the clubhouse and we were talking about hummingbird and butterfly plants that the javelina and deer don't bother. Now out there, they're in the thick of the forest up, up White Spar. And so it's a very active community surrounded by the forest. There's animals every place. Uh, the Monday Club, you all were fun on Monday, of course. And so they've been meeting since 
I think it was 1878 or something like that. Sorry, ladies. I mean to get that wrong. This is the very first women's club to get together in the state of Arizona back before we were a state. And they got together to make our community better. You got to love that. And they wanted a library. So if you wanted a Prescott library that got started because of the Monday club, went out to share some some garden tips with them. Again, butterflies, and, and they wanted some more you know, tomato stuff. And so what a pleasure. What a delight. Thanks for having me out. Who else? Were there? Oh, the Senior Referral Network. That was uh, out at um, the mall, the old Sears uh, um, store at the mall here in Prescott. They got together with all of the folks that take care of seniors from, from hospice care to doctors and dentists and, and massage and insurance and how do we help folks that are with Medicare and, and, and get, get better care. This is a group of folks with just the biggest hearts you've ever seen getting together to because they don't connect very well. And so they set up this senior referral network just so they could get to know each other and help each other, refer each other. Brilliant. And I came out there because, well, I was invited because I'm noted in the, in, in the this central quad city areas as a networker, community supporter kind of person. So I went out and just, I wore my my sequin shirt and my glow in the dark shoes representing the boys and girls club did my thing. Cause you know, you got all your, you got a lot of companies there. So I'm looking for sponsors. And so uh, I walked in with my sequins and I turned on my shoe. I've got glow in the dark, high top sneakers that are bright, shiny, like fluorescent blue. And so I walk in, there's 200 people there and all eyes are going, what's this guy doing? Uh, I'm promoting Dancing for the Stars, the Boys and Girls Club. So it's kind of a, it kind of tests your, your, how brave you are to go into public like that. But I guess I'm going to be dancing on stage in August. This is Dancing for the Stars is, is uh, the Boys and Girls Club's biggest fundraiser. It funds like 60% of both clubs, Prescott, Prescott Valley. And so we've got 10 dancers. They get, they get a local community celebrity. They partner you up with a professional choreographer. And it's a true, I mean, it's a true spectacle. The August 25th, 26th, please come. It'll be fun. You'll love it. Um, I'm actually enjoying it more. I'm starting to practice. They partnered me with Carrie Hughes. She is out in Dewey Humboldt. She uh, is a realtor and just has a wedding venue stuff out there. So she knows her stuff and she's high energy. So I'm having a hard time keeping up with her, but I'm sure having fun doing it. Well, that's it for this show. Um, throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. And we always love talking to fans of the show. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more, or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.